Okay, hello everybody. It's Monday night. This is Jen Springer and you are on the Monday night call. I have been with Young Living since 2001 and I tell you, time just flies. I remember thinking, I just want to do something with my life that makes a difference, something that I feel like I won't be working all the time and I am kind of working all the time, but you know how like you're at a, a workplace and you just are looking at the clock like every five minutes? I didn't want to be in that situation anymore. And something that I could really, really help people. And, it, you know, I didn't know what that was going to be, but I was very fortunate to have my veterinarians, which I have horses, my veterinarians approached me about going into business with them. And so I'm one of those people in the rare group of people that actually brought came into Young Living as a business perspective. I was in my late 20s at the time, and I hated corporate. I couldn't imagine getting to uh, 65 and not winding up on the news. You know, I just thought, God, how do people do this for like 40 years, you know? It, it just didn't make sense to me. And I was actually approached with the business before the product. And so you know, a lot of times when I talk on these calls about business, because this is a business call, and I know our guest tonight is going to talk about business as well, don't be afraid to pipe up because what if my sponsors had not piped up and they just didn't think I would be interested because I was an engineer at the time. I was not into holistic health per se because we have this incredible gift of the business and also, of course, the products. you got to be ready to talk to everybody and anybody if you feel it's appropriate. So anyways, welcome to the call. So I want to talk a little bit quickly about Facebook. Um, if you want to find me, the best place to find me on Facebook is my page. If you go to facebook.com slash Jen Springer page, like literally page is part of the, the name, and that's where you'll find me. Because I'll tell you, you know, last year I had started really going through my Facebook list and I, un, you know, friended about 2,000 people and I got tired. <laughs> and after last week seeing post after post on the vaccine laws and the SCOTUS law and the TPP law and the confederate flag thing it was very stressful you know every time i opened my feed there was just all this stuff and even i got sucked into that drama myself and i and i don't want to live that way so i made the decision to make my pro profile private and i scaled down just to really close friends and family because i just don't want to be in that space and i think it was in 2008 or 2009 when facebook pages came along and i remember a very esteemed internet marketer he unfriended everybody except just his family, and everybody gasped. You know, they're like, wow, what is he doing? He's crazy. This is suicide because he was, I mean, I'm talking top marketer guy. And he, that's what he did, and he said that's what Facebook pages are for, and they're for your business, and you keep your profile for your friends and your family unless you, you know, I don't know. I, I personally am with him now. I understand it. And so if I stopped accepting friend requests about a year and a half ago, so if you have friended me and I haven't replied, it's, don't take it personally. <laughs> I've got about a thousand people pending in my friend requests. It just it's not it's not about you know anything personal. I just want to feel like I want to make the distinction of my personal profile and the Facebook page, and then I can really focus on giving you good content on that page because we have exciting things coming up that we're developing right now that you guys are going to flip over that are going to be announced on that page. 
So create my, my words to you are create a separate page for your business and keep your profile private. And then, you know, it's very important for many reasons. One, you'll keep in touch with your friends and family better because you'll actually see their stuff in your stream. And then second, you keep your business set separate from your personal much easier. You can also do that through putting people into lists when you accept their friendships, but sometimes that's really hard. And uh, I had everybody categorized in lists, you know, horse people, young living people, people that are uh, into marketing, you know, all these different lists. But sometimes it's hard to post and cross-post the list. So I'm like, you know, I'm just gonna, I've got a multiple pages, and the page I'm going to use for Young Living is the Jen Springer page. And so if you, you know, used to see my stuff before and you're not seeing it now, don't take it personal. Just go to the page. We'll connect that way. And then you can also email me replying to the Monday Night Calls so that you can catch me that way. So talking about Facebook and all that fun stuff, and I want to talk about last week's call really quick here. Elizabeth gave me a recording of a radio interview that's just fabulous. It's on the Our Simple Training Monday Calls page where you go, you navigate to the where the um, the recordings are. It's where the last week call is posted, right below that. It, she goes into that interview, and it's a little slow to start, but it gets really juicy as you get into it for a few minutes. And I tell you, if you're stuck, you need to come to her training. <laughs> if you're a leader, you need to come to this training to get unstuck. You're really writing over those old programs in your subconscious I can't even put into words how it, how this happens, but it's so profound you you just can't believe it. I went in with it to it with no expectation, and my life in the last eight weeks has just completely just done things that I can't believe. It, just because of the training and, and doing that stuff, I was so stuck. And the trainings of Psyche are not that frequent, so it's not like oh I'll catch the next one. You got to do what you can to get here if you're considering doing this. And if you go to Psych Training, P-S-Y-C-H, the letter K, training.com, or you can email me for the link to get all the scoop. And Tuesday is the cutoff for the extension for early registration. And she's also added a two-day option versus the three-day option, so it's no Sunday hands-on for those that either want to get home early or they want to save a few bucks so that it makes it a little bit more friendly price point if people are on a tight budget. So get to that, psychktraining.com. So let me review quickly the specials for this month. For 190 PV, you get the 5 mil geranium and the bonus of jade lemon of 5 mil if you're on essential rewards. For 250 PV, you get those oils, plus you get 20 uh, essential rewards points if you're on essential rewards and you do that, you get to 250. And then with the 300, you get all that other good stuff, plus you get a live five, which will keep your gut happy and smiling. All right, I just got an email for July specials, which is really freaky to think that it's July here in a day or two because it wasn't it just like snowing a few months ago. <laughs> it just time goes so fast, right? So 190 PV for July is a five mil of Ravensara with the bonus if you're on essential rewards of aromaces. 250 PV are those two oils. And then the bath, uh, Morning Start Bath Gel. If you've never experienced Morning Start soap or bath gel, this stuff is amazing. It really does wake you up, <laughs> I tell you. It's just cool stuff. It smells so fresh. And then for 300 PV, you get the additional 10% back on your essential rewards up to 50 points. 
Ooh, that was a lot really quick because we were a little bit behind here. So there's pretty much, you know, that's what's happening. And there's also a special right now until tomorrow getting 10% off of the Ningxia Red 2-packs. So that kind of comes out to free shipping. Hello? I mean, who'd be not want, who doesn't want to do that? It, it almost equates to free shipping. And you're, you're limited to two packs of the two packs. Say that six times, which is kind of a bummer because we all love stocking up on it, but at least you can get some Ningxia Red in your, in your house and not have to pay the shipping. I mean, you do pay the shipping, but it, you know what I'm saying with the 10% off. Okay, tonight is our weekly Monday call, and we'll, I don't know, we usually go to the top of the hour, but we don't go past that unless it's extreme emergency like last week with our guest Elizabeth, and we'll keep it uh, short, sweet, back to your evening. If you're new to this call and you want to hear the previous recordings, go to OurSimpleTraining.com. You'll see right there uh, at the top of the bar, previous recordings. You go there. You can give me your email. I'll send you the update of who's going to be on, plus some other good stuff, and that's where you get all the scoop. So tonight's guest is Terry Tillert. He has been in Young Living for quite a while. He's also from Canada, so he's a little bit different perspective on growing a business versus those of us here on the, the mainland, even though, of course, Canada is the mainland as well, but it's just kind of north. It's, I lived in North Dakota for quite a while, so we know that it's north. It's not north. It's north. When you get up to the north, that's when you get to Canada. We were only an hour or two away from Canada, so was, I'm sorry, Canada joke. Sorry, Terry. So um, <laughs> Terry has been very successful in his business. He's been doing a lot of studying on how to run a network marketing business and a home-based business. He's going to share a lot of that wisdom with you today. He's very well-rounded and respected for his knowledge, even on natural health. But we're going to focus on the business aspect today because he's got some interesting, and I, I'm very much on the same page with him as far as you know, growing your business, especially right now with what we've got going on with the FDA. And you know, a lot of us are looking at the FDA as an FDA problem, but really it's not a problem. I really feel it's going to make us more skilled in our business and as I said before, you guys have heard me say this, we should not be standing in front of a room diagnosing, prescribing, or telling people how to treat stuff. And really, this is our you know, call out on the carpet, and we've got to get our you-know-what together and use tools that are really uh, approved for the appropriate education purposes that we're going to be doing when we're sharing Young Living, plus also duplication, which we're going to talk about that tonight as well. What is duplication? What does that mean? You know, is being an expert and having a PhD in whatever it is it duplicatable? It's not. And, you know, I could even carry on this conversation with by myself till the top of the hour, but I want to bring on Terry because, <laughs> Terry, I know you can just jump right in here right now with me and we could keep going. So welcome to the call. Are you with me? Oh, how do I even mute? <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh Hang on, guys. We're having. I think Mercury's in retrograde, and it keeps carrying on. Hang on, guys. I'm typing. If you can't hear my keyboard. I thought we were good on the line. Jen, can you hear me now? Yes. Hello. Welcome, yes. Terry. <laughs> yes, we did it. We have the technology. We got the technology thing down. 
cool. It sounds like a Verizon commercial. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? <laughs> Do they realize that, that 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 is exactly what we're doing when we're using Verizon as our wireless carrier? <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, welcome to the call. I know you were listening and hearing me ramble on about what we were going to talk about. So thanks so much for joining us tonight. And, you know, share a little bit of your story, how you got started and, you know how you are how you arrived to where you're at right now with your business. Perfect. Well, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate you. I, I've always had a lot of respect for you and everything that you do, and I, I love that you're an independent thinker and that you're willing to question the status quo and, and that you're doing this for for lots of people and opening up the doors to letting them listen in. Um, so I, I'm grateful to be here and I'm excited to share some ideas. Uh, I want to warn some people on the phone that uh, that I'm going to be controversial and not not to piss anybody off. It's it's really not designed to do that. You know, all truth passes through three stages. So please recognize that perhaps the message or the messenger are are not bent out of shape. Maybe you're in one of those stages. Um, but for me, when I got to Young Living, I was already heavily involved with natural health. Uh, I love the subject. Uh, on every level, and when I started, you know, I wasn't thinking about the business. I was strictly a product user for the first couple of years. Uh, never thought about the business because that's not how I was approached. And you know, I had all these ideas about what to do and what not to do. And after about a year or two, I think it was closer to two years of being in, the person who had introduced me came to me and said, "Hey, well, you know, you're a business guy at heart, and, and you love natural health, and you love young living." You love the oils. Why are you not building a business? And I just said, listen, I, I've seen sleazy network marketers. I don't want to be one of those. And frankly, what I saw you do is not something I want to do. Uh, I just don't see that being a niche for me. You know, I, I don't see myself calling up my buddies and, and having them warmly embrace this. <laughs> uh, so so that, that wasn't great for me. I said, but I'm open-minded. You know, there's no harm in extra income. And I do share the message with some people because I think it's important. I already do some of that. Um, and she said, well, I said, well, introduce me to some people who have been successful, have been around for a long time, and if I like their approach, I'll certainly consider it. And, and then I got advice from uh, very well-intentioned people. These are friends. These are very nice people. I'm not – this is zero personal issue to this next statement. But the only advice I got was just care and share, and everything will work itself out. And, that, and, that, and honestly, that was horrible advice. Because what happened was I became a part of the problem on many levels that I've this is what I've come to learn. You know, did I post a lot of things on Facebook when I was new to Young Living? Absolutely. Did it get me a lot of customers? It sure did. But it turned off 95% of the people uh, and left me with 5%, uh, metaphorically speaking, who gravitated towards the message, whereas everyone else put me in a pigeonhole and, and didn't like that messaging. And the other thing that I did is I would go and some friends of mine who wanted to build a business, all they would do was invite people over to their house. There wasn't even a formal presentation or anything sometimes they would invite people over for socials and start the whisper campaign and say hey the resident health expert's going to be at the thing you should come he, he can fix whatever problems you got and i would just non-stop fix problems and i realized that all i did was cater to the reactive people instead of the proactive people and i was opening people's minds to you know what i call the, the magic bullet solution rather than a lifestyle change which is what i've always really advocated for it's just that I had a memory like an elephant, so I read a study on nutmeg, and someone asked me a question. I would tell them about the most recent study I read, furthest thing from duplication on the planet. And, you know, I hurt a lot of friends in that process, a lot of people who needed and wanted the money, 
had a real passion for the company and the product, and they went out and tried to duplicate those kinds of things. And, of course, it doesn't work. Um, friends and family cannot hear things from what I call the quote-unquote hometown expert. Um, and so they have lots of problems, and some of them even got marital problems over this. You know, they were leaving their families in their homes every night of the week for hours and hours on end, and they they built up some very decent volume, you know, silver volume and stuff, but they were doing 100% of the effort on their own, and they weren't actually rank advancing because they weren't actually duplicating. Now, granted, the comp plan was more difficult to, to achieve silver at that time, but I realized that I had hurt people and I did things wrong, and I'm a, I'm a take 100% responsibility kind of guy. And, uh, I, you know, I started inter- interviewing every leader I could find in, in, <clears throat> in Young Living for a while. Uh, I eventually stopped. Because I realized one thing, and this is no disrespect to less people than my friends. I really, you know, my hat's off to all of them and all of their hustle and all their hard work, and I'm so happy that it worked out for them. I'm the greatest celebrator of people succeeding. However, what I learned when I interviewed these people is they never found business builders deliberately. Uh, that was always an accidental process. Um, they approached everybody the exact same way, even though there are 16 different personalities. And they were lucky to find business builders. They'd be lucky if they found one a year. Those were, the, those were the high achievers. For the average person, honestly, what I found was many of them had only found one business builder. And I talked to one woman who was in for 16 years. She'd only found three that came in and stuck with it. And, and that led me to believe that if we can't replicate and duplicate what we do, you know, God forbid something happened to Young Living, and nobody wants that to happen. No, nobody wants it. The world needs the stuff. It should never happen. But, you know, frankly, for us not to consider that as a legitimate risk at this point in time would be foolhardy. Um, you know, it, it's a possibility at this point with the, this much FDA pressure. My question was many years ago before it got to this point, could these people build a business in another company, in another network marketing company, had something happened? that they have a replicatable thing that they did, that they went somewhere else and did it again, it would just happen and work still? And the answer was no. And, you know, I started interviewing and becoming a serious student of the network marketing profession, people who, who not only made a million dollars but made millions of dollars, made it in multiple different companies regardless of the product line, uh, and people who also created wealth for other people. You know, uh, you know, a couple of the guys that, that I worked with, one of them created six, $6 million earners in, in one year, uh, generally speaking. You know, I don't know all the details, and that, that's not, neither here nor there, but another gentleman consistently for 27 years has created $2 million earners per year on average. Two people make a million dollars annually on average consistently for over two decades. Success was leaving clues, and, and so was failure. You know, and I started, I started buying every book on the profession, getting on planes, going all the courses, buying CD programs, DVD programs, buying all the books, and everything and everyone said that what we were doing was wrong. And I came to the uh, multiple different conclusions, uh, and I'll share a few of those to get us started, and, and Jen, will, I'll let you guide the conversation in any direction you'd like, but... When I, when I started studying almost 200 people who made over a million dollars annually, almost all of them were in agreement on all of the core fundamentals. They deviated so little. Um, it, 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 was, it was crazy to me. I couldn't believe how in alignment they were with how they did it and why they did it and their philosophies. And, and I was not prepared to ignore that. And so I went counterculture. 
uh, you know, in, in Young Living. And it's not an easy thing to do. It has not been a fun or an easy process because a lot of people fight you, fight change. They fight change. Um, but one of the things, the core fundamental principle is this, and it's inescapable, and, and nobody can doubt it. And it's a word that's used all the time, and Jen led into the conversation with this, duplication. What is duplication? You know, I run a, I run a business group on Facebook for anyone who, who wants to, you know, see some of the free stuff that we do. It's just called YLBiz. Uh, I forget whatever the rest of the thing. If you type in YLBiz, you'll find it. Uh, but, you know, I come down to the conclusion of, of what is duplication. Duplication, let me define it in several different super common sense ways. Number one, at every step of the process when you're introducing this to somebody, they have to be on the other side of every step that you're doing saying, heck, yeah, I could do that. Oh, heck, yeah, I could do that. I'd like to do that. That makes sense. And, and, and the, the more formal definition of duplication is this, and you can't change it, and everyone wants to change it, especially in Young Living, but you can't change it. Interview any of the million-dollar earners. They'll set you straight, and if you're willing to argue with them, I just ask yourself if there's any wisdom in doing that. But, um, but they would say this. Is what you are doing something that every single person, that includes male, female, young, and old, can and is willing to do what you're doing? And so our invite in Young Living, this is the conclusion, one of the conclusions I came to of many, our invite to build a Young Living business was this. Hey, you need to fix your finances? All you've got to do is become an expert in over 500 and soon to be 600 products. All you need to do is become a naturopathic doctor in, with or without the license. All you need to do is get in the hairs of the F, get in the crosshairs of the FDA. And God knows what could happen from doing that. And all you need to do, all you need to do is become a professional public speaker. You know, we have more fear than death. And all you need to do is give up three to six hours a night with your family for four to six nights a week for the next five years. And if you're like the average person in Young Living, you might get to gold or above, which is a great residual income. It's a full-time residual income for many. There's nothing wrong with it, but you've got to think about that invite. <laughs> you've got to think about what you've just asked somebody to do to open their home. Some people don't have a home. How many men can you picture? I often joke with people. How many men can you picture sitting around in the living room saying, hey, guys, what are you guys doing Friday night? Uh, you boys want to get together? Yeah, sure. What, what do you got in mind? Beer and wings? No, no, no. I want you guys to come over on Friday night. We're going to sit around. We're going to hold hands. We're going to sing Kumbaya, and I'm going to massage you with oils. <laughs> you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to see that that is extremely at odds with the definition of is what I am doing something that every single person can and is willing to do. So that, there's 50% of the population gone. Uh, interview many women, 50% of women that I, in my experience, in the surveys that I've run, and I've done lots of these surveys, uh, these people despise classes and home parties. They despise attending them and they despise going to them and they've certainly despite having them. So um, it doesn't fit the definition of is what I'm doing something that every single person can and is willing to do. And, you know, I, I often do simple surveys like uh, if we were to invite somebody to want to take a look at the Young Living lifestyle 
because I don't think it's about one magic oil. But if, if you were to get someone to take a look at the Young Living Lifestyle and or the business opportunity, which is an easier invite to, say, uh, to professionally invite someone to review a video that you can send to them from the comfort of your home and they can watch it at their convenience from the comfort of their home or to do the 500 products, expert, public speaking, rent rooms, hotels, classes, open up to your party, alienate your children, lock them in the basement, whatever it is that people are doing to facilitate these time frames for having these classes and parties. It's not even a debate if you ask someone who's not currently in love with network marketing or young living, which one is an invite where more people would be nodding their heads and saying, yeah, yeah, I like the sound of that. So if I wanted to build a business, all I would do is have a series of sharing tools uh, that I just send to people, and I just send the appropriate one to the, to the right person, and that will build me a business? Yeah, yeah. And if you'd like to get leverage, just think about, do you think it would be reasonable to run into a reasonable number of people who would say, you know what, I send out YouTube videos all the time. I already send out videos. You mean you can get paid for doing that? Sign me up. And that, those were just a few of the inescapable conclusions that are irrefutable and, and I think it's the most important thing is to first define duplication properly because I don't consider duplication meaning you get lucky, you have to find a business builder, you get lucky to find one, and, and then you build the business for them, and then you do a whole bunch of things for them, and you often stack their team for them, or you create funnels where somehow you're skilled enough to bring in a large funnel of prospects on social media or something, and then funnel them all into teams and build legs for people. That's not duplication. Delivering products to people is not duplication. Uh, there's so many things that are not duplication, and I, and I know people who are doing those things and still using the word in the same sentence, and I find it uh, uh, odd. Anyway, I'll stop there. I'm ranting. I get excited. Uh, <laughs> and uh, let's uh, let I'll, I'll I'll bring it back to you. No, I, I understand that, and that was a hard lesson I had to learn myself because when I came into my business, just as you mentioned, and this is what all of us do, even though we don't realize we're doing it, we look at how we were brought in. We look at our sponsors, we look at our up support, and we watch what they're doing. And I am a very intense person who is, like, I like to work, and I saw my up support very successful and I studied those people and I took like furious notes. I literally have notebooks of notes from these people and I and I still greatly admire them but what they were doing was so incredibly labor intensive and and I too became the expert in essential oils. I got my massage therapy degree. I have a master I have a master's degree since then as well. I have work 80 hours a week. I would work 24 hours a day if I could, but if I didn't have to sleep, I was traveling all over the place doing all these workshops, but I was smart, <laughs> right? And people, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, in my, my organization, you know, after I stopped that nonsense, after, you know, getting really burned out, I remember talking to some of my team leaders and they said, Jen, I don't want to do what you did, and I can't do that. I'm not, you know, they, people say they're not as smart as me. I'm like, no, you just don't know how to memorize like I do. It's not that I'm any smarter than anybody else. I just can memorize pretty well. I've got good study skills. But people would literally tell me that. 
Terry. They would say, I can't do what you do. I don't want to do what you do. I want to be with my family. I don't want to be running around doing classes six hours a week, or I don't want to be traveling like, you know, like a person, like a wild person or whatever. So it, it's correct. And, you know, many of you heard my, my personal coach on the Monday calls, Tom Challen, and he has told me, he, you know, in, in all honesty, and he's even said it on the calls, he goes, you guys in Young Living are different in network marketing. He said, not that it's a bad thing. He goes, you know, by doing that, the labor-intensive stuff, you really have great product retention, but it, it also is a slow, slow method to growing. And, you know, learning how to balance and learning how to be keen, and this is where, I know, Terry, this is where you're going with it as well, you can still talk to as many people and still lead with the product you can still be a keen business builder and use great tools that will leverage your time and not uh, be difficult, non-compliant. You know, it'll still be duplicatable, and people can do it because they're looking at you. You want those people sitting. When I define duplication, it is the people sitting in the room with me look at what I'm doing, and they can do exactly what I'm doing tomorrow. And that that is what I my goal is to do a workshop and or not a workshop, but when I do a live, you know, presentation or even a, a webinar or something like that. And I, I totally agree with you, Terry, on that topic. And, you know, I wanna rewind one second though, about and it, you said something that really perked me in, in, in wanting to ask you about this. Do you do marketing now? Maybe you're from when you came in versus now. Do you market and or work with a lot of men? Because it seems like the whole man thing escapes what a lot of us do. And I'd like to hear your take on that. Being a man, you know, a male business builder. Actually, you would have been a great guest for Monty next week on his because he does the man call. But you know, marketing as a man to men is. Are you marketing mostly to women? How is that for you? I, I, I market I market evenly and equally. Uh, here's what I know. I know that men still can and should use the products. There are many men who are, who are fathers, responsible fathers, the responsible pet owners that that you know want to live a chemical free lifestyle and have a healthy home. And if they don't know about those things, I still think they ought to know about those things. But the last thing I would be doing is talking to them about things that they're not interested in. You know the, the Here's the thing that people don't understand. Here's a, 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 okay, before I get on attention, let me stick with one thing. Um, here's what I know with our approach. Do, do men say yes as much as women? No. Have we created an approach, though, that is totally adequate, sustainable, and gives you reasonable odds to bring male business builders on your team? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's very easy to approach them with that situation. And there are many men who take a very honest look at it and like it, and there are some men who are building businesses, and all they need to do is, is approach people the right way. And what they've got now are a series of approaches that men are open to. And, and that's the secret. I mean, why would we cut off 50% of the population? Uh, here's, another, here's, another, um, and here's another thing to consider for everyone on the call. And this is absolutely not a sexist comment. It's simply an observation. Uh, and I've heard different numbers, but I've heard anywhere from 73 to 99% of the million-dollar earners in the network marketing profession are men. And so cut the number in half, whatever you want to do, 
my question to you is why would you want to alienate those people and why create a system that they would never be open to it? Because it only takes one Randy Gage, one Eric Laurie, one Art Jonah, one fill-in-the-blank of these big leaders to change the financial situation for entire generations of your family. And why would we design a business model that doesn't even allow us a chance to attract them? Uh, to me, never made never made any sense. I was for years trying to find ways to, to, to make the business palatable for men because I know there are a lot of men who, who, who need the money, who want the money, who, who need the help, who want the help. It's a good fit, and here we are alienating them. And, and uh, so I'll, I'll stop there. Go ahead. No, I, I totally agree with you on that, and, you know, I, I feel, well, I like men. I like having men around myself, and I live with one. No, I'm just kidding. No, I, but, you know, one thing that was interesting to me is that one of my trainers a long time ago, uh, somebody I studied, she said, look at your business, like, it, you know, objectively, and look at how your business is skewed or balanced. You know, what type of ethnicity do you have in your business? Is that diverse? Is it mostly men? Is it mostly women? Is it mostly, you know, whatever? And she goes, look at that. And that defines, you know, your marketing and also helps you define what you need to work on. You know, if if your business is all, especially like in Young Living, if it's all men, why is it that way? You know, is it because you're only marketing to women? Is it because your approach is attractive only to women? How could you, if you want it more balanced, you know, how could you round that out? I personally love marketing to couples because I think when the couples come together, if there is a couple situation, of course, if somebody signals it doesn't happen, but when the couples come together, it's really dynamic and amazing. But, it, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting thing to look at your team whether you've got 10 people or 100 or 1,000, look at your organization and see who, you know, your results are just a mirror of what you're doing and then decide your marketing strategy based off of what you've done. And uh, I just think it's always an interesting question, and I love asking men that question when, I'm, when I have them on to, to interview them. And so when you switch to the lifestyle and chemical-free living approach, did you notice your retention for essential rewards or, you know, repeat ordering? Did that increase or change? Well, way, uh, it, it definitely changes. Uh, one of the things that um, I'll give you an example so it, so it doesn't come from me. Someone who recently graduated from our boot camp uh, posted in, uh, in one of our discussion forums, and uh, don't quote me on it, I forget the numbers, but I believe her comment was to the effect of, she was previously getting about one in ten people who were signing up onto essential rewards uh, right when they were first introduced versus taking our approach, people are about one in two are signing up for essential rewards right away. You know, wh whether her experience over the long term is going to be that they all stay and, you know, how much it affects retention, I suppose, is going to play some role in her, you know, what kind of relationships she builds and, and sustains with these people. But but definitely she was saying she went from about 1 in 10 to 1 in 2. So wow, significant changes in terms of, yeah, significant changes. And speaking of tailoring the approach, uh, one is from a health standpoint. We talk about the lifestyle and that keeps us out of the magic oil land. Uh, number two, I, I'm very, very serious about FDA stuff. Uh, I have been for years. Of course, it's getting stricter and stricter. So even some of the stuff that used to be considered, you know, no big deal, 
um, is now being frowned upon, but I've never, I've always been the, the strongly opposed to people thinking that every health problem, serious lifestyle diseases were going to be solved by this magic oil or that magic oil or, you know, is it five drops of lemongrass or seven drops you put in the capsule? And, and one of the, one of the conclusions that you can't, you cannot avoid if you're being honest, unemotional, and objective is that anytime the sharing comes from an expert-led perspective, it doesn't matter if you're using Young Living slides right off their website when you're teaching a class or a party. We all know if we're being honest and if people want to be honest, they know that when the event ends, people are lining up. And I know this. I've had a North American speaking tour. The only questions I get after every single time I get off stage, no matter how generic I'm talking about health, is people are coming to me to fix what's broken. You know, constantly fix this, fix that, fix that. And the truth is most people are desperate for the, quote, unquote, for the sale. Uh, people are very desperate for the sale, and they don't want to be evasive, and they have a heart, and they want to help the people. And then there's another personality type where their entire identity metaphor is rooted in, in an emotional addiction to being the expert and being the healer that they can't get themselves out of the way. So when they're asked those questions, there's no chance that they won't answer those people and violate the FDA. In fact, many groups in Young Living are currently telling their teams to practice whatever you want in private, just keep it off social media. And the truth is the expert culture has got to end, otherwise we're all in trouble. Uh, and that, that has to stop. But you, it's so long as there's an expert from the front of the room, no matter how generic they're speaking, it's presented from that first-party expert we are going to create an FDA violation culture because you can't duplicate down or duplicate through millions of people and have everybody being FDA compliance sensitive and, and not violating it or not thinking it's a big deal or not beating the, it's my freedom of speech, right, storyline. While all of it may be true and all of the FDA thing is nonsense, everyone agrees with that, it's a reality that people can't avoid, and we always, in everything in life, we get to choose whether we're going to be part of the solution or part of the problem. Now, there isn't really an in-between. And um, the, the other thing, too, that I would uh, mention when you said, you know, when you tailor the approach, you know, we also tailor the approach. We've got a series of business tools and a series of health tools. And if someone's interested in the business, I talk to them about business and business only, and then eventually we will talk to them about the, the company, the products, the health, and all that stuff. You know, kind of like a, we call it the one decision at a time principle. And it's about meeting people where they're at. You know, so if there are 16 different personalities or some people have heard of the four colors, uh, if, if you're talking to a, a certain person for a certain color, you give them a, a color-appropriate tool, if you will, versus only going into your normal spiel that you give to everybody. That, uh, that, doesn't make it, that doesn't make any sense. That's not meeting people where they're at. It doesn't honor them. It doesn't make them feel heard and understood. You're not listening to them, and you're not building relationships when you do that. So, um, so anyway, I'll, I'll, I don't want to rant. I'll, uh, I'll pass it back on to you again. No, that's very true. And one thing I, I think that, uh, you know, when you talked about earlier, becoming a student of the business and really immersing yourself in – reading a lot of books, you know, develop, so you could develop your own system and develop training so that people could, you know, get started and not be an expert and use different tools. And you actually became close to some of these experts and people who have been around a long time in, in network marketing. Do you think it's important to do that, to really become a student of 
this industry, or do you think it's just anybody can, you know, the, the whole thing with network marketing is that everybody's your prospect, right, and they get in your business. Do you think that they need to go beyond and really become a student of what, you know, this industry is? Uh, a whole myriad of things come to mind right there. You know, one of the things I, I see with new people all the time, it, I, you know, it's one of the greatest uh, mistakes. I made the mistake myself. I mean, I got one of the things that got me to where I am today was making 10,000 mistakes. So I'm not here to say I know better. I'm just here to say that I was a serious student, and I'm not arguing with the wisdom. Uh, but one of the worst things you can do from a duplication standpoint, if anyone here is thinking, wondering or debating, just ask yourself this. How many people do you know are currently sitting at home and saying, damn, oh, I wish I had something to spam my friends and family with right now. If I just had something <laughs> to spam them with. No, no. That's the first thing a new person does every time they get into business. They just start spamming their Facebook. Um, it, it's a big mistake. And uh, anyway, uh, do I think people should become a student? Absolutely. Could, should training tools and systems eventually get to a place where uh, any single person can succeed? Yes. The challenge, the greatest learning is the unlearning process. It's learning what not to do. And there's a long list of what not to do things. But if you treat this like a hobby, you're going to get paid like a hobby. You treat this like a profession, you're going to get paid like a profession. When I was making all the mistakes and playing uh, playing expert and doing all that stuff, sure, I got lot, hundreds of customers, hundreds of customers. I did a great job on that front. That wasn't hard to do. Uh, and I brought in a nice supplemental income check. Uh, but but I was stuck, plateaued, could not move above it forever and ever because I couldn't duplicate, I couldn't find business builders, and we didn't have anything that made anything easier on anybody. And that, that, that was a serious, serious problem. Um, anyway, uh, I, know, I know what it was like to stay stuck in there. And when I started treating it like a profession, treating it like a business, then you go on to make a full-time income, and then you can go on to focus on wealth. But make zero mistakes as a profession. And, and the, the, the biggest misconception that trips people up, Jen, honestly, and I've been watching this over and over and over and over again, is people do not make the distinction, and there's a very clear distinction, of the difference between direct sales and network marketing. Yes. We've seen direct sales. We've all been to retailers, to markets, to, to, to watching people sell stuff at farmer's markets that they make themselves. You know, I frequent those places, and, uh, and we've, all, we've all seen the, the, the Tupperware and the Avon lady and the, and the, uh, the Mary Kay and, the, you know, the, the, there's the Fantasia parties and there's the, the, and the candles and the, the, you know, all of these. That is direct sales. Study the compensation plan if you think I'm wrong. A direct sales company, a direct sales compensation plan, generally speaking, gives you the products at 50%. You sell it and keep 50% of the profit. Uh, young Livings, we're paid in tiny percentages, even down three, four levels. You're only getting two and three percent. This is not the direct sales company. This is not a direct sales company. It's a network marketing company. And here we are trying to build network marketing businesses with direct sales strategies. And they're just, they're just wildly different animals. And, and to me, that's just one more area of proof that it's important to become a serious student of the profession. You know Personally, especially with the AV equipment and the hired help, you know, and creating all of our tools and all that stuff, and getting on planes and buying all the CDs and DVDs, I invested forty grand into this. Same amount of money as most people would invest in going to get a college or university education, and and I've invested just as much time. 
because I know that if I own this and I control it and I get good at it and I continue to master it and refine it, that forever and ever I will be in control of my income no matter what happens to any company. And then I've got a ch- if I study wealth and do what wealthy people do, I've got a chance at wealth. There's no reason why if we model it, we can't someday get it. But you can model a degree in college and never create wealth. Here we've got a realistic chance if we were open-minded enough to not argue with wisdom. It's been around for decades. There's millions and millions of people, and there are thousands of people who've made huge, enormous, unspeakable incomes. And most of them did it the exact same way. And here we are wanting to argue with them and pretending that it's wise to do so just because the culture doesn't match. And that's that's scary. That's really scary. So uh, long answer to absolutely you need to become a student of the profession. Yes. I, I firmly believe that as well. And there were so many things there that you said that were such gems. I think the biggest gem you said, and I hope people caught this, when you defined the direct sales versus network marketing and you said we're, we're a network marketing company, not Young Living, we're not stereotyping the whole company, but so many distributors, including myself, I'm going to raise my hand with, this, with saying this, you know, so many of us have grown our businesses because the bulk of my business was grown a long time ago that, well, not the bulk, but my, my, my foundation was grown with a network marketing company but doing it with a direct sales approach where you're doing the type of, you know, home parties and you're, you know, or educating on product and getting people on product and you're making this percentage or, you know, maybe retail a little bit. And that's, that's all good and fine, but it's a slow approach and it's not duplicable. And, and, and I'm not saying it's the wrong way. You know, there, there's, there's, people that are doing that and that's that's good and that's how I've created a great income and I know many of you listening have also done that but allow yourselves to be open to like what Terry is saying of using some tools and making things easier on yourself um, you know even starting with like I switched the first thing I did was switching over my presentations to follow the catalog you know when I was doing live presentations versus rattling the first four chapters of the essential oil desk reference off of the cuff because I memorized all three, four chapters because <laughs> I was smart, right? I'm just a good memorizer. But versus using, you know, doing that versus using tools, using, like Terry said, using videos, using audios, using handouts or, you know, that are compliant, of course, and approved. You know, those are the types of things to get yourself duplicatable but also becoming professional because, I don't know about you, Terry, but I had a lot of personal growth to do. The skills I had with even my people skills were really crappy, <laughs> you know, like I, I, you know, coming a long way, learning the colors, learning how to talk to people, learning conflict resolution. You know, these are all things that a leader needs to do, you know, and not get stuck. And you said it earlier about the, the, the rank of gold. You know, people get stuck at silver and gold. And if, and if anybody's listening who, to us and you're stuck at silver or gold, it's, it's, there, it's because you're, you're carrying your entire business. And I know that because I, it happened to me. I was stuck for eight years at gold because I was doing everything for my whole organization, and it was dependent on me and my expertise. 
Everybody was calling me, asking me what to do, wanting me to come to their classes because I was the smart one. I was traveling everywhere, and it did, like Terry said, it did stroke my ego for a while. And I thought, wow, I'm so amazing. Look at it. I'm in demand, you know. <laughs> and, and, it's, and, and I had no leaders. I was carrying the entire business. And now my leaders, I've stepped back and they've stepped up and we've given each other tools to be able to duplicate. And, and I, Terry, I think that if people followed what you said about becoming a student of the industry and learning from network marketing trainers and, and these experts that have gone before us, I, I feel like we would see such incredible changes in our um, – I don't want to downgrade anybody right now – we would see people would we would see people get unstuck from some of those ranks where they've been flatlining. Does that make sense? Absolutely, absolutely makes sense. Yeah, I don't like I, said, I don't want to cut anybody down because but I've been there. I have held I held gold steady strong for eight years and that was frustrating. <laughs> it's incredibly frustrating. It's just like banging your head against the wall, wondering what you're doing or not doing right. So, you know, if you were to, let's, because uh, we, believe it or not, we're, we're almost done here, and that's crazy to think about it because these times go by so fast. What are some of the top, let's do the top three things that when you, um, either people that are listening that you know, are getting started or, you know, words of encouragement, what would be the top three things that you would, you would gift on, on people listening to this, either live or recorded, about building their business for success? Yeah, number one, number one uh, become a student of the profession. You know, what, what, regardless of whose training you follow, my, my advice would be to follow everyone's training, lots of training. You can't get enough. There isn't, a, there isn't such thing. Adopt the learn-it-all philosophy, let me say that. And get rid of the know-it-all philosophy and adopt the learn-it-all philosophy. That's what all the greats do. And start studying people outside of the little box would be my suggestion. Um, you know, I've got a training program. If you want to take a look at it, you know, by all means. If you don't, by all means, that's okay, too. But um, the other thing I would tell people, number one, you know, as many mentors, and, you know, I've worked with a couple of these uh, people who've made tens of millions of dollars closely, and some of them become close personal friends. And here's the number one, one of the most important things about taking 100% responsibility for your business. Number one, the day you can accept that every single objection you get is one you created, that's when you have the, uh, the, the right set of lenses to evaluate and move forward and course correct. You know, when you, people say, I just don't have the time, what they're really telling you is the amount of time you put into introducing them is not something they want mm -hmm. to do. Where would they get the objection that it takes a lot of time if not from you? Of course they got it from you. If someone says, I could, I could never do that. Hey, listen, you, you're the health expert. I'm not. You created that objection. If someone says, well, look at you. You can build the business. That's because you're, you're fit and you're a super health nut person. Uh, you made the entire introduction of the business about you. That's not duplicatable. You know, it's got to be something that other people can do. Every single person can and is willing to do, regardless of their current health and fitness level. So we got to take ownership of every objection that, that, that comes your way and realize that you created it. So, Jen, like in your example, when your friends and leaders and family saw you traveling city to city and putting 80 
100, 200 hours in a week, and someone says, listen, I just don't have the time to do what you do, uh, recognize that we created the objection through mm-hmm. our process. And, and understand, here's another thing I would, I would leave everyone with, is absolutely nothing in this business is more important than the way that somebody was introduced. Nothing. You can't go and, and, and violate the FDA and play expert and do all this stuff and then backtrack to a third-party tool and expect that that didn't get imprinted in their subconscious. <laughs> Nothing yeah. is more important than the process by which they are introduced. Nothing. Um, and the only thing that supersedes that, the only thing that supersedes that, which has been the topic all night, is duplication. Is what I'm doing something that every single person can or is, uh, can and willing to do? And if anything that you're doing does not satisfy that definition, mm-hmm. you just have to stop. You've got to rethink what you're doing. You've got to reevaluate. Uh, you, you don't have to go and create all of your own tools, trainings, and systems. I'm sure Jen has some out there. I know I do. I know other people do. Uh, and and you, maybe you've got to plug into the one that's right for you. But here's the thing I would give you. Plug into, the, plug into advice that's objective. Um, you know, so that, that, that's, uh, I think that's what I would leave you, I'd leave everyone with. You know? Sorry about that. I, uh, I wasn't as succinct or concise as I like. I feel totally disoriented tonight. No, I really, if people just jumped on and they only heard those three things, that was amazing. You, and this is, I, I, can, I can see people going, what? The, the fact that you said you gave them and you created the objection, and people hate hearing that. So if you're hearing, I can't afford it, I don't have the time, I this, I that, and they're giving you the objection, Terry, you nailed it. You created the objection. What are you? Look at what you're doing. That's what you're saying, right? Say, Absolutely. look at what you're doing. Yeah. Oh, how I love did you it. tell them? How did you share? What did you reevaluate all that stuff? Because you definitely created it. Because if you created value about it, the money objection is not going to come up. Mm-hmm. And if you were listening, I mean, really listening, because I'm all about relationships before I would even dare talk about a company, product, or service, or anything. You already know what their situation is. If they're hurting for money, don't talk to them about an expense. Talk to them about a solution to solving their finances. That's listening and honoring them. And you're not going to get the I don't have the money objection because you were talking about putting money in their pocket, not taking it out. Yes. I think that is the most brilliant place to adjourn. Even though we could keep going for a couple more minutes, I just think those three things absolutely spot on. And I know so many people out, you know, we get questions, how do I talk to people, what do I say when somebody says I can't this, I can't afford it, that, la, la, la. And the way you put that was brilliant. So I really appreciate that. And that is extreme wisdom, you guys. I, like, listen to that part when this recording comes up. <laughs> listen to this over and over again because that was gold. So, Okay, Terry. Well, thank you so much. This was amazing, and I'm so glad you were able to come on with us and share this. Oh, people took it to heart, and they understand the messages you were conveying to them. Let me go ahead and open up the lines for people to say goodnight to you, okay? Sure. Thank you. 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 Thank you.
Thank you, everyone. I can have the website. 